0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGruer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing taking things for granted. Nick, lead us in.
1: Well, so uh, last week, two things happened uh, on the same day, which which, which both uh, were related to taking things for granted, which is why I kind of noticed them both. Uh, first of all, um, I was trying to wipe the table down, you know, clean up.
0: Not like you, but anyway, go yeah. on. Yeah,
1: and uh, after I'd done that, it was still wet, so I wiped it with a tea towel, and it was still bloody wet, and I just thought, oh, f- well, at least i know that evaporation will finish the job for me and i thought well evaporation there's something which doesn't get enough thanks because not only is evaporation essential for rain and therefore vital to the evolution of uh, of you know life, life on, on land planet. Yeah. um but uh but it also helps me finish the cleaning perhaps more importantly um you know and we go through life with a, just assuming evaporation will work we got, you know you leave little droplets of water we will be constantly awash with wetness if it weren't for good old evaporation so that was that was no nice. i thought you know i need to be more thankful for that and then i'm i'm reading great expectations to my son at the moment is brilliant to my shame i've never read it um only ever seen the david lean film and there's a passage in it i read which really stopped me and i thought flipping it, not life easy now where he's uh he's come back <clears throat> um after meeting magwitch the uh the the convict in the graveyard who's asked him to get some, to steal some food for him. Uh, well from his own house you know and he says i was afraid to sleep even if i'd been inclined for i knew that at the first faint dawn of morning i must rob the pantry there was no doing it in the night for there was no getting a light by easy friction then to have got one i must have struck it out of flint and steel and have made a noise like the very pirate himself rattling his chains i thought flipping heck imagine if you just want to get up in the night and go to the toilet or something having to get a flint and steel to, to make the light and it made me think well no one you know, had chamber pots uh well that's true but uh you know that assumes you can see where the chamber pot is anyway the, and you know the the well, just... need, evap- need evaporation after that wouldn't yeah you? exactly yeah. uh so yeah i mean just you know the sheer number of things we take for granted i just wondered what taking things for granted is and whether 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 it's you know good or natural or whether we should you know do stop and stop and say thanks more often or what
0: I mean, quite right. I, I think light is a good example. I think it's very easy to forget. You know, for you know, until very, very recently, in human history, we lived in darkness a lot of the time. You know,
2: um, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, for me, uh, there are there are kind of two elements to for taking things for for granted. Um, one is that you you assume that they will remain true uh so you, you know the the sun will rise in the morning you know that, that that will that will occur but the other sort of element is this um this lack of recognition of it or almost that you're not aware of this thing that you're reliant on all, all the time so you you don't even consider it um so i think those are the the two kind of factors i think of when uh, when analyzing what taking something for granted is you know both that it will continue to happen and that you don't even really notice that it's happening but that it's fundamental to what what you're what you're doing i think maybe there's a third element
0: as well which is the you know any human in whatever context will always find something to be unhappy about and dissatisfied with and once one thing's solved so if we if we are sort of bumping into you know pushing our chamber pot over in the middle of the night going damn only if there was some light i could easily get hold of once that gets solved we just move on to other things to sort of be a bit miserable about yeah so well this
1: is the uh what's known as the hedonic treadmill And um, it's uh, it's very well documented what you've just said and which has been noted, obviously, by, um, you know, writers for hundreds of years is now pretty much, uh, you know, been been scientifically established. By and large, things uh, getting getting significantly richer, you know, through things like winning the lottery doesn't doesn't on average have a significant effect on people's subjective well-being in the long run, in the short run, it always does. Um, because of various things you know habituation desensitization um but we constantly act like it it's not true we we act you know we strive we strive for for new things we yeah stri- if we, only i desperate. had these things that my yeah, children exactly. will take
2: for granted yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um
1: so what's going on there like we we are we're you know it's like we never seem to learn that this new this new Apple iphone thing won't actually make us happier, but we keep keep wanting more stuff we keep wanting more money now the evidence is that um above a fairly uh sort of low standard of living i mean i think that i think on average globally it's it's um something like ten thousand dollars a year or something you know above that uh happiness is driven primarily by kind of you unless by your circumstances but we act like that's not true you know we all want to live in a penthouse in central park and uh you know we think that if we did we'd go through life cock-a-hoop but the evidence is that we won't right which is a good thing even if it makes us unhappy
0: because it does mean that um there is scientific progress for example well that's
1: that's my that's my feeling about why we're why we deceive ourselves about it and I always imagine I imagine these two tribes, one of whom, you know, are sensible and they sit there and they go, you know what, we keep we keep trying to find that next bigger cave. Uh, and, um, you know, we've, we've discovered that we're no happier when we when we get one. We should just stay where we are and live a nice life because it's, it's better off. We'll be better off doing that. And another tribe who don't understand that and who keep they're driven always to get a new, a new cave. Well, those guys are going to be the ones who take over, aren't they? They're going to be the ones who go and kill the other tribe who are just set about not inventing new spears. So, yeah, I think, I think there's something very fundamental here. Uh, which is you know related to the to the fact that we're self we're self deceived like it's almost necessary that we're deceived by yeah. it necessary but, that we have a blind spot in our learning here because if we didn't we wouldn't have evolved yeah you know? and
2: i I also think there's self deception going on uh in terms of so one of the things i um I take for granted and it's only every so often that i don't take it for granted is my health and the thing that causes me to to uh, uh, sort of be glad that most of the time I'm in good health is when I'm ill and you f- feel bad uh, and you you sort of think oh god uh, you know I I really take not being ill for uh, mm. f- for for granted and um the the are I think we deceive ourselves about the um you know one one element of taking something for granted is assuming the probability of that thing continuing is very it is higher than it actually is so people continually you know um underestimate their risk of falling foul of uh you know um, particular diseases and so on um even though even when they know what the base rate of that disease is people will will make judgments that they're you know the, the, the classic case of i didn't think cancer would happen to me you know that that kind of question that they took not having cancer for for granted and at some point you know uh they have to address that and you know, that's the point at which they no longer take it for uh, for granted. So I think, you know, this sort of self-serving bias about um, not just what condition are we going to be in the future, but what is my what is my sort of homeostatic norm uh, I, I, is, is again something where we de- deceive ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I. I I think this is in practice what we mean usually when we say taking things for granted. It tends to mean a failure to act to maintain something. You know, if you take your wife for granted and you don't, you're not, you give up paying any attention to her and she leaves you, kind of thing. Um, you know, or yeah, your health. Like if you just you don't you ignore it for twenty years and then suddenly you have a heart attack. You know that. So it's that's that tends to be what we mean by taking things for granted it's an assumption that something will be permanent when it's not and actually where we need to
2: behave in a certain way to to keep it or, or um, a failure to plan for the consequences of it so even if it's not something we affect you know like when a, when you know um, stable weather patterns or something you know and then at the point at which they're they're unstable we haven't we've taken it for granted we haven't done the the biblical thing of you know laying aside however many years of grain it was we were supposed to have laid aside uh and you know, we're then we're then in trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I so but this this and I mean the evidence. So they've also looked at the opposite of winning the lottery, which is becoming disabled. And similar whole similar findings hold, you know, that actually people when people suffer very negative life events, they adapt much more than they think they're gonna do. People, people generally, you know, again after a sort of adjustment period, return to the level of happiness they were in uh, before it happened. So, so I think maybe we should be taking things for granted. We should, we shouldn't give a shit. It doesn't matter if we get cancelled; we're fine. Hmm. I'm well, sure uh, that's not uh, true. The, 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 but... No,
2: but the, but the point is, from a psychological point of view, to have constant anxiety about the removal of things which generally do stay the same for for a period of time would would be unmanageable and in fact people who who suffer from anxiety are in this very condition of of uh worrying about whatever it is that is in you know that everybody else assesses as improbable and not worth not worth being anxious about Um, this is
0: what i was thinking about when you were talking about illness sort of you know we don't take for we, we sorry we take for granted our health and is the opposite of that Worrying about your health, or is it more appreciating your health but how i mean this' is, it's quite difficult to do that i think to and to apply that in everyday life to constantly be appreciative of
1: something yeah yeah i mean we are we so this this issue of sort of um being much more motivated to avoid losses again well documented so there's there's kind of two relevant things i think one is so loss aversion where if people perceive something as a as a reduction in their you know general uh, sort of well-being uh, it's come they, they they will act sort of do take risks to avoid that happening um, even if you frame that the other way around so for example if I give you a, if I give you ten pounds and I say do you want to risk that ten pounds on a coin toss where you'll either get nothing or twenty quid people are less likely to go for that than if I don't give you the tenner and I say would you like a certain 10 quid? or a coin toss now it's the same choice right but the fact that i haven't put that tenor into your hands as soon as it enters your hands, it becomes magically more valuable than yeah. ten pounds, and you become averse to losing it. And um, and so we certainly behave. We and again, I mean, it's you know it's quite easy to think of why this is of uh, evolutionary evolutionarily advantageous. We've got to remember that evolution doesn't has not doesn't work to make us happy. It, it, no. it works to make us successful. So you know
2: we've evolved to have uh, anxiety about losing. And not even us
0: successful. But our genes successful. Yeah,
2: exactly. And there's a, there's a there's a fascinating study by Harris, Corner, and, and Hahn, three British academics, uh, in the journal Cognition, which which backs this point up that Nick was was talking about, which is where they show um, visual representations of probability right so the, the puzzle that they've um or, or the thought experiment that they've uh, uh sort of given to people is a farmer and his orchard and so if you can imagine like a, a big matrix plots with lots of spaces in it and for trees that have particular conditions associated with them they've colored this so it's a visual representation of the probability of a tree having a particular uh, particular state uh and they've shown these to um uh, to subjects and they've said okay imagine that uh, the yellow colored trees uh um, contain uh, poisonous fruit and the uh red colored trees are are this delicious fruit that's that's really nice and um the farmer's daughter is about to go round the field and pick fruit from these trees what's the probability of her um pick so they just flash up this visual image what's the probability of her biting into one of uh, the the poisonous apples and and dying Um, and they've asked a control group the same uh, um they've shown them the same probability plots but in this case the yellow trees uh the fruit is sour um and uh rather than fatally toxic and in that experiment they've shown that people even when visually presented with the same probability plots, make different judgments based on the severity of the uh, of the outcome. Presumably, they um, think it's much more likely when they, it's they think it's much more likely when the when the fruit is 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 fatal. And there are a range of other things that they've done, like you know, what are the chances of um, debris being dropped over? Here's a, here's the bit of the town, and here's the wilderness. What are the what are the dangers of um, uh, overflight? You know, uh, debris falling on on the people here and then they've said instead of it being a, a town it's it's a forest um so the consequences would be much less and again people when they're worried about the people in the town down below have made greater greater probability judgments and we see we see that all the time with um w- with people uh when they're dealing with language as well if you say uh the oh the chances of me banging my toe are quite rare people will judge that in one way if you say the chances of me getting fatal cancer are quite rare They'll judge that in another way, and they will view the more severe outcome mm. as being less rare than than the the other event. Yeah, um, um, I'm not yeah. sure if
0: this ties in, but sort of bringing it slightly back round to taking stuff for granted. I remember years ago I broke my ankle and uh, I was in cast for you know a number of weeks, and I, I do remember thinking not long after I'd broken it, you know, within the first few hours, um, going. This is just so annoying, uh, going through this horrible pain. Wouldn't it be much better if our bodies had just, um, you know, if you had a red light that appeared, for example, that sort of (laughs) flashes that's going, yeah. this bit isn't working. I'm sure we've discussed this before, yeah, actually. Yeah, that you could ignore. Yeah, yes. yeah. And go, you know, there's that light going, all right, don't use your foot. You better put it in a cast. And and all would happen, it would be exactly like, you know, in my car when my petrol light starts flashing, I just ignore it for a bit. Um, but we kind of need to have this emotional connection or this experience to change our behavior.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is the... This is the uh, I, <clears throat> so, I mean, we haven't, we haven't talked about sort of inter- intergenerational um you know taking things for granted i feel like you know you personally mm. are able to draw on you know things that happen to you so you can go is honestly it's really nice being able to move your leg or mm. scratch your scratch your knee or whatever mm. um but someone who has never had that experience just is not going to be in a position to appreciate that as much Now, when it comes to, you know, things that we went through as kids that our children don't have to contend with, I don't think there's any way really of making them get that, you know, and um, which is why, you know, you had the sort of uh, 30s, you know, 20s and 30s generation um, growing up and living through the Great Depression. And then, you know, making sure that kids were all really sort of well fed and well looked after. And, of course, then you have this horrible, spoiled, you know, post-war generation who don't care about the past and you know, don't want to listen to these uh, old cultures and just and want you get to get obesity out the time, epidemic, then you get an obesity, yeah. so uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, and and the, you know, you get it's the classic sort of rags to riches to rags in three generations thing, you know, you which is um, you know, the reason that works as a phrase is because it's so flipping true, you clogs know, you, yeah, you you end up um, you know, you you end up you. You come from nothing, build up a fortune, give it to your kids and go, great, you, isn't it brilliant? You must be cock-a-hoop every day because you don't have to be where I was, you know, at your age. Mm. And, and don't, that's the don't problem. Care. Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't care. Um,
0: we're close to wrapping up. Um, I want to move on to something else just to wrap, to finish this off. But is there anything you want to add to to finish, to, to round this off?
1: I think I uh, one interesting thought experiment is what would we take for granted that we think we wouldn't? Okay so, so sorry, I, what would I, we
0: take for granted? that we
1: don't have but that so what so for example we all want to be able to fly right that would be amazing yeah. i feel like if i could suddenly fly i'd be cock-a-hoop now the fact is if i could fly i'd be like yeah i can fly so what i can't be bothered I, on your, i'd still be lying on the sofa you know surfing the internet because uh because you know flying would be a bit of an effort and uh, you yeah, do, do you see what i mean like I think, I think you know we we uh, what cool things could it would if they happened, you know, which we think would be mind blowing. Actually, we would find quite boring. But I, I know I'm having trouble imagining this because I, I, I still think of stuff like
0: being, for example, being invisible. I can't ever imagine taking that for granted. Would that ever get old? Yeah, I think every day of your life is you're a winner <sighs> with that. You know off well i don't want to say why, i'd like, but um we don't mean, we can imagine <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that you know so i i actually refute this i can't imagine anything that would be so wonderful that i would then go ah you know it's all right actually uh chris uh
2: i think um uh the the existence of um uh, s- uh, artificial super um i think we will take that for granted we 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 think about it now and um and we th- we we can't conceive of it uh and we think its impacts will be hugely transformational i think we'll get there and it, it it will adapt to it and it'll be it'll be
1: fine yeah i suspect it will be transformational but we'll just go like meh and i think oh, yeah. i mean i mean i, I was thinking we're talking about the Doomsday Project, weren't we, the other day? Like from nineteen eighty-five, which was a um, essentially, I mean, and you know, a sort of Google Google Earth sort of for Britain uh, in the mid-eighties with mid-eighties tech, pretty high tech though. Mm. And I thought it was bloody amazing to be able to zoom in on any map down to the sort of street level from from uh, you know looking at a map of Britain. Uh, And um, now, you know, we're so – Google Maps, I think, is the most amazing thing ever invented. The fact that you can zoom to anywhere in the world. I like occasionally to go on holiday in Google Maps and I pick a country and I randomly pick a place and then I go for a little walk around there. And that is just absolutely mind-blowing. But, you know, the mind-blowingness lasts for about a minute and then I go and have a cup of tea, you know. And
0: and then and see what your back garden looks like. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, um, and then something else. What about what, what do you think? Either you personally, I know you you let us in with evaporation, um, but what do you think you personally
1: or humans in general?
0: Uh, well, I know take my I know my one. Okay, because I, I know my
1: one, but you go well. For it'd it be next. antibiotics. Okay, which. Um, Because I know for a fact that I would be dead several times over Mm. and and at the very least blind if it wasn't for antibiotics, because I've had I've had a number of infections, you know, sort of my arm and my leg sort of I think I don't know why I seem to be I've had two or three times I've had cellulitis, which, uh, you know, would kill you die of sepsis if if it was if if there weren't. um, uh antibiotics and i've also had a corneal ulcer which similar you know would have would have destroyed my eye if it wasn't for antibiotics i mean unbelievable like i it's just a hundred years ago i wouldn't be here anymore that's really amazing so yes i do try and i do try and give thanks to antibiotics okay so they're great great bunch
2: of things antibiotics. antibiotics good lads uh chris uh well i'm gonna go sort of a bit bit sartrean and say of our, our very existence you know the the fact that um this planet is is habitable and you know isn't isn't subject to to massive solar radiation or doesn't get struck by a meteorite or something like that uh i think um i think yes just the fact that we have a habitable space and that it exists in the first place yeah. do you ever get that thing where you think uh you have this sort of
1: enormous conflict between the sheer improbability of existence and the fact that we're here and and then you realize you're sort of you know you're 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 watching uh some banal tv program yeah and you think how what wow what's all yeah. that about this
2: is what we've done with the, the luxury really, of really existence truly yeah.
1: thing, which is why is there anything at all yeah why is there a universe at all like what what if there was just nothing yeah yeah um
0: i mean i'm sort of closer to chris on this with my one and also going back to Uh, You you talked earlier on about it being being, taking for granted our health, which is actually also your example. Um, Yeah, I would say the fact that we're not dead is how I would phrase it, Um, and that taking and not necessarily realizing that one day we are going to die—that's a certainty—and not quite taking that on board fully enough. You speak for yourself.
1: I intend not to die. Live, my plan. Ev-
2: live every day as it is your last well, that, well, that's one the thing. day it will be yeah
1: you mean right. i should get into a bed and hook myself up to an incubator that sounds rubbish <laughs> i uh I was, I was i've got this uh now we'll have to save my quantum immortality uh, idea for uh another Ooh, day well, but, tantalizing uh, we'll have we'll keep yeah. that for
0: another time um yeah and so i think you know if in nothing else you know the catholics are onto something good there with their idea of a memento mori you know I, i'm
1: gonna and, but I, I will just say one thing yeah. I think I'm going to live to be the oldest person on earth. That's the consequence of this this really? idea that I've got, but I can't. I haven't got time to explain. Can't that talk about now. it. Can't talk. Okay, But right, it's, okay. I want to get that down here now, so that when it happens, you people, people will, will go look. Ah, wow. So when we have to
2: announce next next week that, <laughs> that, that Nick <laughs> so, died, yeah. no, but you, you an might that might to make happen to you, but it won't happen to me. so yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. this is the consequence of where <laughs> I'm going with this.
0: <laughs> okay, very good. All right, um, let's stop there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrewer We've been here with Chris Rag and Nick here of Aleph Insights. Until next time. Goodbye.